morning, everyone. Thank you for being here for our meeting of uh, the board on May 7th. Our first item is to uh, have the Pledge of Allegiance. Please join us. Flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we've got several items to, uh, for the board to discuss and or address today. And, uh, but before I do that, I want to make sure and uh, recognize this special week. Um, all of the weeks should be Teachers Appreciation Week, but one week is picked out each year, and that happens to be this year. So I'd like to offer up our special appreciation for teachers as well. They do a lot of work. Um, they do wonderful things for not only our community, but also the students in the classroom. So at this, I'd like to say thank you to the teachers, and uh, happy National Appreciation Week. Secondly, I always like to make sure and recognize any students who are still trying to check the box to uh, attend a civic event, uh, some form of a board meeting or, or a city council meeting. Any students here for a gov American government class? There they are. <laughs> All right. Glad you could do that. Um, with that, we'll move on to B1, which is the adoption of the agenda for tonight. Move for adoption of the agenda. Thank Second. You, Thank you, Mrs. Goodburn. Any discussion? All those in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? 7-0. With that, we'll move to C-1. Uh, we have an executive session scheduled, um, and with that, I'll seek a motion to, for us to uh, address a couple items. Mr. President, executive session to discuss litigation pursuant to the exception for matters which would be deemed privileged in the attorney-client relationship under COMA, and I would um, ask that it be 15 minutes long, so we would resume at 6 17, 618, whatever your laptop says. All right, 617 should be good. Second. Thank you, Mrs. Zila. Any questions? All those in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed, nay. That's 7-0. We'll be back in 15 minutes. Our regular meeting, thank you for your patience and our ability to walk through a couple of items there in executive session. Um, with that, we'll move on to um, item E1. It's an action item. We have before us uh, uh, an updated, amended contract for our superintendent who will begin on July 1st, Dr. Fulton. There were two items that were looked at after legal counsel looked at it, and the language is in the agenda. The two items that uh, needed to be updated, the first one is under eight of his contract. It has to do with health examinations. Uh, the language is in there. It essentially updates some state statutes. The previous contract was, um, it had dated uh, information, including a statute that no longer represented anything. And so we've had that updated, so that statute actually refers to something in state law. And so that language has been updated there. And secondly, under item 10D, um, this is a, a conversation we've had with Dr. Fulton. As many of you remember, um, he had already announced his retirement with the Pattonville School District really before he even began the, uh, the process of looking to apply for our job. And so the Pattonville School District's allowing him to stay on his health plan and his vestedness in that health plan going forward as a retiree. It's to his advantage and to our advantage to simply make him whole by instead giving him what we would have paid in health insurance premium and instead he can pay that to Pattonville and stay on their plan. So it actually is a win-win because he gets to um, stay on his plan, both he and his family, and then at the same time we can compensate him that way as it's outlined here and um, he won't be on our plan. He'll be a, continue to be on the Pattonville plan going forward. Any questions about those two items on the contract? Dr. Sinclair. Um, is, can anyone speak to the degree to which this is typical, atypical? Well, I'll turn to Dr. Southwick. I can. It is typical. Uh, it's something we've done for other administrators and actually myself. Um, a little bit about um, the two states that are different, and it's very important when it comes to health care, particularly in this environment. Um, in the Shawnee Mission School District, if you want to continue to stay on the health insurance plan after you retire or leave the district, you have to have spent 10 years in the district. Um, in the state of Missouri, if you retire, you can stay on that forever, um, and it doesn't matter exactly how many years you've been, but if you reach the point where you can retire. Uh, so the situation is clearly this. Um, to guarantee um, people in that situation an opportunity to have health coverage for their family, 
um, basically it would require him uh, to work 10 years. And um, I don't think anybody can predict whether um, his situation or any other situation will go that many years. This is clearly just to protect him and his wife and his family with respect to their insurance. If he would be forced, and whatever the situation would be, let's say four years, five years into his contract, something would happen um, that he would need to leave the district. He'd have no guarantee of any health coverage and then would be faced to go to the market. And I think anybody that's trying to buy health insurance out there on the market right now would tell you in this environment it's very difficult. So again, um, as I have been involved in the conversation with Brad and Dr. Fulton, this is no additional cost to the district. It actually is a little less money for uh, Dr. Fulton because he will um, have to pay taxes on that money now before he goes and pays for his insurance. But it's, it's zero cost to the district. You're just allowing him to keep his coverage and keep his security for himself and his family um, with the Pattonville School District. Okay. That was my next question. Thanks. Okay. Thank you. Any I would move questions? approval of E1. Thank you, Mrs. Zila. I'll second. Thank you, Mrs. Goodburn. Any additional questions? Seeing none, all those in favor, please say aye. 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 Those opposed, nay. That's 7-0. Thank you. We move on to F and uh, several reports to the board. Um, there's one item here talking about graduation process. As any seniors in the room might know, that's next week. And uh, so what we've had is a conversation with the principals got together, came up with a couple additional recommendations to put some uniformity together. I'll turn to the board with any questions because you've been provided that in email ahead of time. Though the individual board members that are the new ones might have a few additional questions about what takes place at graduation. We'll talk about that offline. I'm just quite kind of not sure why this is on the agenda for us to update. Can you help me with that? Sure. So what we did is we had several inquiries from the community asking about uh, the process of graduation. There were several inquiries that came from Shawnee Mission East, two from Shawnee Mission North, asking about who would be presenting the diplomas because uh, in a specific case, doc, uh, Dr. McKinney is going to be finishing up his role there at East High School. And so when those questions came to me, I turned to Dr. Southwick and he in turn engaged Dr. Gilshouse, who see, oversees that group, convened that group and they came back with this list of suggested items so that the principals be the one that will be distributing the, handing out the graduation diplomas. The board member that represents that respective area will be the one that reads that the graduation requirements have been met. And then additionally, some of the places were not inviting the feeder principals from that area, and so they also want to make sure that all the different high school areas had the feeder principals there as well. So that's the update there, but I want to make sure that all the board members also understood that process and give them the opportunity to ask any questions. I'm hoping that this doesn't take away from the individualness, the uniqueness of each high school's um, graduation ceremony that they've had as traditions. Duly noted. There's still a few items that I'm learning even as of tonight that there are differences. Some of the graduations include the mortarboard for the board to wear and, and some don't. So I think the key is that that group continues to convene and have a conversation about that. What's nice about it, it's a celebration of the graduation of these kids and that although our role is to witness that program, these kids have that relationship with the superintendent, I'm sorry, with the principal. And uh, so this gives them a defined role in that process too that's consistent across each of the five high schools. And I, and I think that, I'm sorry. I've, yes, Mrs. Goodman. And I think that we had that before because of all of us that have witnessed graduations before have known that, you know, the uh, principal and the associate principals have been on stage and um, have, have had some really great moments with their students. I would say behind the Board of Education members that have actually been able to, you know, when the Board of Education stands out up there and actually gives the diplomas to the kids or the folders, um, you know, you have to present it to them, wait for a picture, and then you're also waiting for the next student to arrive, so it's a pretty brief moment. The magic happens behind us. I mean, with the principals and the associate principals, in fact, one of my favorite pictures of my son is not with myself and my son. It's with my, my son and the principal because they're able to actually have a longer moment in time because they're not worried about all the different things that are going on that the board members do. And, you know, I, I'm a little bit concerned with this, I guess, and I just have to speak my mind about it just because of the fact that um, for time and memoriam, the, the Board of Education has been the one that have handed out graduation uh, um, the certificates. 
And, you know, I look back, my, my own father graduated from North in 1952. I look back at his diploma, and it was signed by the Board of Education members. No principal was on the actual um, certificate. But then, in, you know, when I graduated from South in 82, the um, board president was the first one listed, and then the superintendent, and then the principal. My, when my two sons graduated in 1116, it was the same. Board of Education member the um, superintendent. And actually, I looked back at my own graduation, too, in 82, and the superintendent of schools was actually listed on the pre program with the board members uh, that he was giving the actual diplomas out at that point because he had a daughter in the class. And I think that we've made lots of, um, I mean, it seems to be fairly flexible, you know, when we've had last year, I believe, at Northwest Patty, uh, Dr. Grumman, actually gave her son or daughter? She didn't. Her daughter. Oh, she, daughter. Hannah, Hannah ased me to give it to her. Okay, well, Hannah asked no. you to give it. Yeah. But she was up on stage, and we've had other times when other people have stepped in to actually give that. So it, it saddens me a little bit that, um, that the Board of Education isn't the ones, or isn't included in that group of giving, and I think other districts around, and actually at KU and different places, you know, you have um, the, the department heads or whoever it's, you know, um, giving those out. So I don't know, it saddens me a little bit that we're making this change. I wish that, you know, potentially if we had two retiring or le principals leaving that they would have been included in the group to give, you know, with the Board of Education members. So I hope that maybe we can revisit this. Um, and um, maybe hopefully those principals too would know the Board of Education's feelings on it. I, I don't know how everyone feels, but I know how I feel about it and I'd be happy to share that with them. And I know this is an administration decision. It's not a Board of Education. We won't be voting on anything here. It's really um, their, their decision to make. I just hope that I guess my feelings would be heard or my thoughts on it. You know, I'm really big on tradition and history. I mean, North is about ready to s celebrate 100 years um, in 19, in uh, 2022, it'll be 100 years, and I can't imagine. I think that probably it's been just about all that time that the Board of Education members have been the ones giving those diplomas out. So it saddens me a lot that we've made this change, and that, and that um, I just hope that it can be maybe looked at again next okay. year. Thank you. But I would concur with Mrs. Goodburn's remarks there, and just hope that maybe, as she said, we can revisit this, and this is not something that's set in stone, but something that the principals, who I think are, you know, they run the show for graduation, will consider next year and the years after. And I am happy that in the script that, you know, that the Board of Education members, at least the principals, I remember rightly, kind of presents the class to the Board of Education member, and then the Board of Education member, you know, says the, that we're ready and willing to accept the graduates and really exciting. So this is also just personally one of the most exciting times of the entire year for Board of Education members. I know that we have three members that have never done it, but you will soon find that out, um, what an exciting time of the year this is, and all the work that we do um, all throughout the year, this is the pinnacle. I mean, this is the most exciting time for us. So. Um, that's just personally, and that really doesn't shouldn't go into my you know any kind of decision making on this. I know, but it is um, it is really a thrilling time and an exciting time for our for our seniors as well. So, anyway, just my feelings. Yes, Dr. Oh, Sinclair. Um, maybe just in follow up, we don't need to spend um, uh, extensive time. I just at some point maybe could understand what the difference is in my head. I'm just picturing that rather than handing a diploma, I'm shaking a student's hand. So I'm, I just don't understand the significance of the difference maybe, but um, so I assume we're gonna still be there to shake students' hands. We're just not mm -hmm. handing them diploma and that there's a signature. That seems like there's a signature piece that I'm listening to that we don't sign or do sign or the, and I and really, I don't mean to diminish the difference, but I just was trying to. Okay. Do you want to speak to that? Because you're, are you involved in getting that template for the certificate or no? I am not. Okay. <laughs> I, well, I do know that there is a, I mean, there is a board president sign. The board yes, president. Uh, That's the first signature. And the superintendent the and the principal. Right. Sign. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Mrs. Mack. Um, I. I uh, appreciate the comments, and I agree that it, you know, it, it's a highlight, but I have a different viewpoint. I've talked to a lot of students, I've talked to a lot of teachers, and, um, you know, we, I, I believe we still have the right, for example, Dr. Sinclair, your daughter is graduating this year, and I believe you will be presenting her diploma. I know Drew Lane um, a couple of years ago. I know, it's hard, it's hard. It's a hard moment. Um, but I think it's time. I think it's time for a change. I know standing up there um, for 
10 years now, um, the students, for the most part, have no idea who I am. I try and smile my best to get a good picture, um, and it's they're nervous, and I just I, I think that it's about the students. It's not about the Board of Education. I think it would be a lot easier for the students to have a familiar face handing them their diploma. So I, I have a different view. But I'd be happy to revisit this after this year. But when the high school principals got together and they discussed it, I, I'm glad that there's going to be a little bit more uniformity, especially on the tradition of certifying the class and the board member accepting the certification of that. I think that that's an important piece and that um, the feeder schools are going to be there um, because not all graduations have had that. I've been fortunate to go to almost, I haven't been to, I've only been to North once um, and I've, I've only been to South once um, just because of scheduling. Um, and they are, every graduation ceremony to me is unique. Every single one of them at each high school, and the principals, I think, do a terrific job of making it about the students. Um, and so I, I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes this year. Anyone else? I would also add that uh, I believe I'm right in saying that uh, the South Board will be ready to go for this graduation, both South and North. Not North, Not but North, South so, will. We'll so put North up. Um, but we are working right now, being able to stage that, so students walk across the stage. There'll be a nice big picture um, on the scoreboard of the students receiving their diploma and of the action that takes place. So mm -hmm. that's kind of an exciting twist that we'll have. Cool. Mm -hmm. The jumbotron. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Is it right. high def? <laughs> as right. high a def as we can be. Yeah. Thank you for that, and thank you for the staff team that came together to uh, offer up those thoughts as well. With that, we'll move on to F2, which is an update on the walkout that took place on April 20th. Dr. Southwick. Yeah, I want to thank the board for giving the opportunity to spend a little bit of time tonight to talk about the update and the processes that I've been through since um, April 20th when the walkout took place and then our subsequent board meeting on the 23rd where I made some commitment that I would look into this. and. Uh, first of all, begin to look at what it was that we did right. We did a lot of things right. Um, although there's been a lot of rumor out there, one of which is that we have done this a couple of times now and we should have been able to get it right. And I would remind the board that we've had one walkout. The first one that was staged was on a day when we were on spring break. So, um, uh, but trying to look into that and again, what was it that went right? What was it that might have been uh, concern or problematic? whether that be to students or to parents or staff or I'm going to throw community members in there too because we've received a lot of response from um, community members, as you can imagine, to the far right and to the far left in terms of what we should be doing or not doing. Um, trying to, um, to spend the time and then ultimately in the end try to put the board in a position where they can look at some policy moving forward that would guide and direct any future walkout that we might have in the district. Um, I'm over 40 years and this was my first walkout and I've not been able to reach back into a time anybody that I've visited with that could talk specifically about a walkout that was held in the Shawnee Mission School District. So I want to reaffirm that um, we haven't been in the walkout business um, and as we go through this process like anything else there would be things that we would learn. A few of the things that I would like to provide an update to you specifically tonight is that we had uh, 10 schools that were involved in some kind of walkout. Um, through that process, we identified that we could have had about 13,500 <coughs> students if they would have all chosen to walk out. But of course, we didn't require any of our students to walk out. That was their choice. Uh, we estimate that across those 10 schools, we had somewhere between 2,500 and 3,000 of our students that actually participated at some level in the walkout. Um, and as you can imagine, um, to varying degrees in terms of their interest. Um, like it or not, some were very, very passionate about being there and some were just um, missing class. But that's okay. Um, that's, that's what we know to be true. Um, Leading up to this, um, and I think you're aware of this, but I want to remind the board um, from the time that it was established that we would work with the students to allow the dropout 
or the, the walkouts. Um, we received um, phone calls, emails at the building level and at the central office level. Um, basically, uh, not all of them very positive about what we were doing one way or the other. Some were very supportive of us giving the time for the students. Some were very anti, even to the point where they believed that we had set them up to it and that if we, uh, and a phone call that, that Terry actually spoke uh, with a young man or a man over the phone was, we're just a bunch of liars and we put the kids up to it and it was all for our benefit. So um, starting from the very beginning through this process, we had a major concern that we wanted to keep kids safe. Um, and we keep kids safe. Mr. Douglas will always tell you, we start at the perimeter of our property, we work to the doors of our schools, and then we work inside the schools. So as you can imagine with the conflict that we had out there with respect to this issue and the walkout for students during the day and the concerns that we had for students, um, it, it raised a heightened level of supervision for our, our police department, the Shawnee Mission School District, and also for staff that didn't um, have kids those particular hours. I'm happy to say that of the kids that walked out, um, and the staff that were out there to supervise that, and I think this is one of the positive comes. we had no one hurt, we had no one injured. There were some things that happened, quite honestly, that might have put that in jeopardy, but uh, through supervision and through, I think, some uh, excellent decisions that were made by students and some of the student leaders, we were able to move kids back away from um, some of the busy thoroughfares, uh, because that's where we were most concerned. Um, as you can imagine, um, we had parents and patrons that showed up with signs that thought that they would participate in the event. Uh, we tried our best not to let them do that, but I found that we actually had some that um, some parents that came and were there. Um, so, as I continue to work on trying to f make sure that I understand exactly what happened exactly what the situations were, all the way from when we got the information that students were going to potentially plan a walkout in the Shawnee Mission School District, to it, till when it grew to all of the school districts and the safety concerns that we had, all the way to the end of the events and um, the information that we've received in terms of complaints. I'm trying to pull together all of that information from start to finish. Um, again, I've made the commitment, uh, if and when it's determined that we've made a mistake, we're going to accept the mistake. But at the same time, more important than that, we're going to move forward and make sure that um, in subsequent events, we continue to keep students and staff safe. But we also, very importantly, maintain the integrity of the classroom time that we have. That's our primary focus, is for us to educate students inside the classroom. So. Those are going to be some decisions that the board will have to work on. Um, I'll tell you that I've had interviews, and your board policy asks for when we have issues at the building, start at the building level first. So I've had some of the complaints that we've had dealt with with administrators in the buildings, and we've worked to satisfaction of parents and students by those administrators working directly. Um, I've had parents that I've spoken to uh, Dr. Gilhouse has had parents that he's spoken to. I've spoken to students. I've spoken to staff. I've received statements from staff. Um, I've talked to students. Um, what I would tell you is, is that all of those have been very positive and have given me good information. And for the most part, they've been consistent. Um, there have been uh, some different interpretation, as you can imagine. But the stories that I've received, by and large, have been very, very positive and very consistent, which I think will lead uh, to me being able to make a solid recommendation to you. Um, I'm here to tell you that I don't have a resolution tonight. Um, we're not near the end of, if I'm going to do a thorough job of trying to look at information, um, I'm not finished. I've spent a considerable amount of time over the last couple of weeks looking into this, spending time, um, to be honest, it hasn't consumed 100%, but a lot of my time. And I'm committed to continue to work on that. Um, at the same time, I would, um, would like to um, 
let the board know and that um, I'm also trying to close out the school year. And um, I would ask for your patience and hopefully the patience of students and staff and community to let us continue to work on this issue but it not be our primary focus as we move towards graduation and closing out the school year. Again, um, I will look each of you in the eye and tell you that I'm doing my due diligence um, to have these conversations and try to get what I believe is the closest thing to the truth. There will be legal interpretations and legal issues and those might have to be sorted out with different groups of people and we'll work through that too and all that will be information that you'll have to be able to make policy decisions moving forward. Thank you. Thank you for that. <clears throat> Any questions from the board? Comments? Yes, Mrs. Owsley. So can you give us a general idea of what the timeline looks like with regards to the investigation and concluding the interviews with folks and, and figuring out where we're at? Yeah, I think, as I said, I'll continue to work on it, but I'm not going to devote 100% of my time to it. But I think it'll be a topic that we'll pick up after school is out. Okay, so the so it, it's going to be at least until after the end of the school year. I would say yes. Okay. Um, and then it's my understanding that no students have received disciplinary actions as a result of anything associated with the walkout. We had one student that was not was involved in a disciplinary action not related to the walkout, um, but related to a, a situation we had inside the building that received a suspension. Um, other than that, no, I'm not aware of anybody that's received discipline. And was there a discussion about training potentially on First Amendment issues for district folks, like higher up in the district, or was that something that we were looking at? Or It's actually something that I've made a decision about and have already started to reach out. Um, you know, I believe through this process that our administrators didn't try to do anything that was wrong, uh, and if in fact it comes out that they've done some things that are wrong, um, it's important that we don't do that again. So I have talked to uh, two of the attorneys that represent us, and I plan to talk to at least one other that represents us, and then reach out to two other agencies, and potentially I've talked to Dr. Fulton about having a panel a discussion where um, all of these groups, because as you can imagine, our attorneys make money on having varying opinions, um, but having them an opportunity to discuss issues around student rights, but basically other issues as well that, that operate on a day-to-day -day basis. So they can have some discussion, but in the end, then our administrators will have an opportunity to ask questions. And if I'm allowed to do that at our retreat that we have when, when our um, administrators come back at the end of July, that's where I would propose it happens before school starts. And that would include all of the principals at all the different schools? Yeah, our retreat is every single administrator we have. Um, okay, just clarifying because yep. I didn't have that knowledge. And that's a little bit of, I guess, the resolution that I wasn't necessarily prepared to talk about tonight. But since you ask, it's in the mm -hmm. works, and that's what I'm looking at. Can I keep going? <laughs> Let's see real quick. Anyone else have anything? Have yes, Reverend Guy. In the planning and preparation ahead of the walkout, um, did we consult with the superintendents and other Johnson County districts about how they were planning to handle it within their district? Was there any sort of coordination or collaboration um, just in terms of directions given to principals about this, what would happen during the walkout time? We all did have conversations across the Johnson County superintendents, our groups, about what was being planned and when we, when we anticipated it would take place. But they happened at varying times. Um, they didn't all happen on April 20 of some of those that were uh, in school on March 24th when the first date happened. There were some that went on then. As you remember, Indian Hills actually took place beforehand. And um, so that kind of gave us a, a test of what we thought it would be. And basically, we received um, excellent information back from parents and staff and students about that day. So um, yeah, we had conversation. We also had received information um, from our national organization in terms of preparation for what we would do. And so it doesn't tell you what to do. It's just some general things to think about. Any others? I feel like I'm 
Um, I was just curious, to that last point, did the Kansas Association of School Boards or USA Kansas at all, was there any kind of um, synthesis of the experiences in districts across the state that have kind of come back to superintendents or I've not gotten board? any. Um, Dr. Sinclair, what we know from talking to other colleagues that their walkouts were similar to ours, their preparation okay. was similar to ours. Um, we are in the spotlight um, as a result of some issues and some complaints, but um, typically I think across the metro area a lot of the walkouts were were handled and prepared for similar to what we did. Not exactly in every district and um, at every building, but similar. Thank you. Yes, Mrs. You, Goodburn. You mentioned the public participation. Can you just speak to the, the issues with that and why it was the, the public really wasn't allowed to be part of it? I mean, it's, it creates well, a security concern, I would imagine, because yeah, you never know who's going to show up. Major security concern. I would remind you that if anyone comes to the building during the school day, they go through the front office, and they would be checked through, and they go through our Raptor system, and um, we have some sense of who's in the building in the control setting. And then during the school day, that was one of our concerns, that we need, if somebody's going to be there, um, one, we um, don't generally let participation in classes with people that come and want to participate in a walkout. Um, but the security issue is the primary issue. Ms. Owsley. Um, I don't. I don't mean to be monopolizing time, but um, was there a subsequent walkout um, later on, the following week? Was that was that something that occurred, or was that just something that there was speculation that it would occur? Well, it was there... reported by the media uh, that it happened at Shawnee Mission North, but we did not have a subsequent walkout okay. at Shawnee Mission North. So, okay. once again, rumor. I don't know where okay. these people would get this information, but... I just wanted to see if there yeah, was any there was other not. incidents that had arisen with that one. There okay. was not. Okay, I think that's what I've got for now. Anyone else? Thank you very much for the update. We certainly appreciate it. We know it's a lot of work, it's a lot of time that you've put into this, and, and for that we're grateful, because we, we do have 27,000 students to get across the finish line to uh, the end of the school year, and that's our first and, and foremost priority, so thank you for that. Thank you. With that, we'll move to uh, F3, and this is a financial and legislative update. Uh, at our last meeting, we had uh, three scenarios that might play out, and, and now we've had a little more legislative action since then, and so we've asked to have an update on uh, how, how the legislature came down on some of the decisions and how that affects Shawnee Mission. Dr. Southwick. Yeah, so I'm just fortunate enough to have Russ and Dr. Ato on vacation tonight, <laughs> so I'm going to try to go over and, and let you know uh, kind of where we are. As you remember, at the April 23rd board meeting, there was basically three scenarios given to the board with respect to increase in funding. Um, one of those was House Bill 2445, which would have delivered for us uh, about $4,295,000. Um, then it went to the Senate, and I think the original intention of the, of the majority of the Senate that voted for the bill was that that money would stay intact, but in reality, because of some amendments that were added to the bill, we went in the opposite direction. We were going to be about 6.2 to $6.3 million um, swing and actually um, be down about $2 million. So... Um, Obviously, there was a lot of information shared with the board about a potential for a trailer bill. We waited until the legislature was back in session. They immediately got to work, and within a few days, um, they were able to put together the impact of, and what I'll share is the impact of the substitute for Senate Bill 61. It was passed out of the House, sent to the Senate, and I believe the vote was 31 to 8 at the Senate for uh, approval for this bill to go to the governor. What you see tonight is um, what the base state aid will be, and this is next year's information. Um, none of us are going to speculate about what might come in future years because there's still a major test for this thing out there. Uh, and I'll speak to that here in a minute. But the base state aid would raise to uh, $4,165 general state aid that we would receive would be 2391167 
Our special ed dollars are $1,904,459 for a total on the KSDE run. And again, that's the run as, as Dale Dennis believes that it will be today. This is the most recent information we have, and it could change because finances change. But we believe that we'll have somewhere in the neighborhood of $4,295,000 and some change that we'll have um, as a result of the um, legislation that was passed. Before I go in and talk about um, the, um, some of the things that you have to make important decisions on moving forward next year, I want to tell you that I received from Stuart today that um, the Gannon case briefs have been filed and that process will begin. And as it begins, we will follow it very carefully. And we are hoping that we get a court decision um, sometime quickly. Um, if you remember last year, um, when the new formula was established, we waited until um, late in the fall before we got the court's opinion on that it was the law they passed was unconstitutional. But we were allowed to go ahead and take the runs and have budget authority from KSDE to uh, prepare our budget. So we have scheduled for May a complete budget update with you. Uh, moving forward, it will be our preliminary budget, very detailed uh, description that will have these dollars included because that's what we know today. Um, if we get a court's opinion early, um, and I can't tell you what the courts will do, but we'll follow that. Uh, we're just hoping that whatever is done, that we will be able to move forward without any concerns of being able to continue operations to start the first of the school year. Um, we all kind of believe that this is the worst case scenario for us. I don't think that the courts are going to come back and say that there was too much money put into this. Uh, at least I hope not. Um, at the same time, I think it does show a little bit that in a time when um, we're putting $535 million this year into, uh, well, not this year, staging over a five-year period of time, that the meaningful part for the, us on a $200 million operational budget is $4 million. And the next sheet that we'll look at shows you how far does that go. And uh, again, the important decisions that the board will be faced with. Um, I will tell you that Russ and Dr. Ath and myself are willing to do any run that you want us to do in terms of bringing numbers back to you so that you can make good decisions. But very quickly, and I think you saw it at the last meeting, this is not any different than any of us as we have a budget in our household. And the monies that we have budgeted coming in versus the money that we spend and the importance of balancing that budget and maybe even once in a while having a little bit of reserve to fall back on. Um, so we'll be uh, continuing to work with these numbers, monitoring what, what the courts tell us, and then presenting the budget to you. And it will be on the most accurate dollars that we have available to us at the day that we make the presentations. Um, I just wanted to follow up. As you said, the briefs were submitted today. The oral arguments are May 22nd. And so the court, in their initial, in their decision, um, they instituted a June 30th deadline for the legislature to have a plan in place to be constitutional. So if they argue May 22nd, we won't, I don't think we would get anything before May 22nd because they'll have the oral arguments. Then between that and June 30th, it'll be interesting. Yep. We'll tell you that we've agreed with the NEA to have our first session on June 26th. So we're, we're uh, realistically trying to look at holding out as long as we possibly can to be able to determine the dollars that we have for our budget. you have a second slide that you've prepared? I do. So the second slide is a, is a recap. It's very similar to what you've seen before, uh, but it does begin to give you some rundowns of some of the things that we've got. There we go. Um, so I want to remind you that as we look moving forward, we've got some expenses that we have that we'll incur um, that are normal kinds of expenses. And that's really the first part of the budget. 
we know that we're going to um, have another half calendar year where we're paying increase over what we did last year in our medical insurance. That's for the medical insurance this year, <coughs> as we pay that out over the month, our new plan won't take place until January of 19. Our transportation utility in increases are there at 723,000. But I wanted to also know you at our superintendent's meeting um, last week, we had pretty serious discussion about what we believe diesel fuel is going to do um, over this next year. <coughs> and we right now um, in Shawnee Mission bid that fuel out every month to take advantage um, against competitors. So we think we do a pretty good job of managing that. But there was discussion that this could be in the 350 to $360 range for a gallon of diesel, which is a significant increase and that money is likely to hit this budget. So. We don't have all that calculated in right now, but that's something that we're looking at. We know we're going to have personnel to open up Lenexa Hills uh, that would be new personnel. Um, other personnel we've got, um, we have continued to try to, to bolster our preschool program with teachers and paraprofessionals and aides. Um, one of our concerns are uh, not the ability to hire the um, certified personnel, but looking at the salary structures that we need in place to hire our classified people. So we know that's uh, an additional thing that we want to continue to look at. And you, you can look down a lot of the increase that we've got in positions are around special ed. Um, we do have an elementary uh, intern position that we have, uh, the new CTE position that's here that will manage the 700 plus kids that we've got that are in our CTE program also work on some curriculum, um, which was important for, for Dr. Fulton um, as we try to tie that together. And then classified pay changes, uh, some adjustments. We've had some confusion out there. We've got, and Terry could probably speak to this better than I can, but we've got some of our uh, staff there on 240 days and someone on 260 days. And the rules behind all of that's very convoluted. And we just think that it probably isn't the best interest to take that piece of com, uh, convolutedness out and to move those employees to 260 day. It also, it's, it's a little more work time and it provides a little more compensation, but it really allows those people, um, if we have a, a spring break, um, if we have a, a winter vacation or over Thanksgiving, it allows them to be in a situation like everybody else and I have to take vacation days. Um, or paid uh, time off to, to take those days off. So that's a consistency cleanup that Dr. Atha brought and we want to consider. The subtotal of that is $2.7 million and that's really before we've done much of anything. And that applies to the $4.295 million that you saw that we receive in new revenue. In addition to that, and this is a, an important step, uh, we will be working closely with um, the groups that we negotiate with, but also trying to protect all of our employees. But if the board would say today that you'll pay all the schedules, so that gives people a step if they um, are deserving of a step, and if they picked up extra degrees, they move across on our schedule horizontally. Um, and if you pay that, and we gave a 1% raise to everybody, that's $4.5 million for us to do that. So again, we're not here to make administrative recommendations tonight. This is for us to continue uh, and hopefully for the community to continue to look at issues that you all are going to have to deal with in terms of moving forward um, to spend the monies that we have, the new monies that we have. Um, you've heard from social workers. You've heard from parents that want counselors. Um, and that's it at the elementary level, but also at the secondary levels. We've had conversations with um, our secondary staff about going back to teaching five instead of six. And all of those things that are out there, and quite honestly, I would not be against any of those things. But, but the reality is that if you look at that total, we're now up to uh, about $16 million, which is four times over the new money that you're going to have. So... Um, Again, I think the purpose for this update tonight, and as I uh, spoke to Mr. Stratton, was to continue to keep this out in front of our community about the things that we're going to wrestle with in this budget year. 
Now, if the courts would come back and say, you know, $500 million is not enough, and, or maybe you need to pay this thing in three years versus five years, and then we begin to get additional dollars that come in, it gives you more flexibility to do some of the things that you'd like to do that have been requested. Um, but the reality is these numbers are pretty accurate in terms of the position today. Um, and again, I want to assure you that we will stand, Ross and Dr. Aitha and myself, to bring you whatever numbers you'd like to see um, so that that can help you make the decisions. Um, Great. Thank you for that update. Questions from the board members here? Seeing none, we'll be ready for the budget workshop in two weeks. Where we're going to dive into some pretty deep uh, numbers. Thank you. Last item on the agenda is G1. Uh, this is a board discussion that uh, originally began in the board workshop when we sat down with Dr. Fulton to plan the coming year. Dr. Fulton and the new year begins July 1st. One of the items that uh, state law requires is that we set our meeting schedule at our first meeting in July. So part of the conversation is to determine when our first meeting of July is going to be and that we back into that with are we going to look at uh, some months that have two meetings and some months that have one meeting. This is a conversation that we've had. The reason that it's on here today is to have a continuation of a conversation with no conclusions because there's one additional key component to this and that is Dr. Fulton's input. Um, he is uh, going to engage in one-on-one -on -one conversations with the cabinet, with other administrative leaders to see what their thoughts are on their abilities to bring things forward to the board, to have the board uh, review them and approve them on a timely manner, and, uh, and if there's a rhythm or a flow that would work best without uh, too much burden of additional time to have additional meetings. So to back into that, Dr. Southwick just mentioned that we have a May 21st as our next scheduled board meeting, and then the following one is June 25th. So those are the only two meetings that are continued on the schedule for the rest of this year, and so we would pretty much have to have this decision buttoned down by then so that we can then put forward a calendar and have our first organizational meeting on a certain date in July. Um, I, Mrs. Wintering is, is, takes notes on this, but I'm also going to ask Mrs. Mack if it's okay that you take some notes that would go directly to Dr. Fulton because he's very involved, very interested in our, our thoughts on this too. Ultimately, the schedule is a collaboration of the administrative leadership team combined with the board to, to what's the best way to do the governance of this work in our board meetings. So with that, I'll stop and say, are there any comments, questions, thoughts you'd like to share about us considering it? And uh, I, I always turn to our, our three uh, veteran board members who can also provide us some perspective because as far as I've been here, it's only been one meeting a month, so that's all I've experienced as well. I will start. Um, okay, I, I think that um, I'm very interested to see after Dr. Fulton has had input from the staff, you know, what, what his thoughts are as he collects them. I think he wanted to see us have shorter board meetings and if that took two meetings a month to accomplish that, I can, I can understand kind of where he's coming from in that regard. Um, but I, I, the reason we went to one meeting a month was the, the load that it is on staff members. They are in agenda mode, they are in board mode almost all the time um, to accomplish stuff because they are the ones that put together all the items or help put together all the items on this agenda here. So I, I look forward to Dr. Fulton's input in that after he's talked with all of us and, and with all of our staff members. And we'll see if that will accomplish this. I think um, you had also shared with me, Mr. Stratton, that um, committees are going to be coming about. So thinking about the number of meetings that we have each month might be something also to keep in mind when considering the change of schedule here. Thank you. Yep, thank you. Other board member thoughts or things you'd like to bring forward on this conversation? I'll Mrs. concur Goodburn. with what yes. Ms. Uh, what, with what Ms. Sila had to say um, about it. I mean, that was really uh, the reason why we went to one board meeting was because of the, the time and energy that it took to put the meetings together for staff. Um, and um, then we also had the board work sessions that were added to that, which is, you know, a conversation we could have too mm -hmm. to shorten board meetings up because I know sitting in the seat from 5.30 to 10 or whatever at night, but at least it was only one, one night a, a month and you just kind of plan and X out your whole night for, for the board meeting. But um, 
that allows us to have some conversations and really deep dive into some of these things too that are on our agenda and, and ask questions of the staff members that are um, uh, you know, uh, asking us to adopt you know large large um, adoptions for math or curriculum or whatever so it's it's a nice time for us to be able to actually have those conversations so um, you know I, I I don't know. I, I will, again, wait to see what Dr. Fulton thinks as well, and I'd be interested to hear what Dr. Southwick has to say as well because he's um, lived through, I think, in his 40 years' time, lived through a, a few board members to uh, our board meetings and so might have an opinion about this as well. So, Just a few. Just a few. You can either share them tonight or share them with Dr. Fulton, whatever you want to do. Go. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, um, you know, I, um, I've had conversation with Dr. Fulton. Um, I will tell you that um, in conversation with Dr. Fulton, Dr. Atha, and myself, we've all uh, experienced two board meetings, and that, that was kind of our life. Um, it wasn't until I came to Shawnee Mission that we only had one board meeting. Um, the flow of board meetings is going to be different based upon longevity, and that's longevity of the administration and longevity of the board members. And that the flow that we're in right now with long meetings, I don't think we're necessarily going to be there. People will, will settle in and feel comfortable in the building. Uh, the board meetings will change. I, that's just what I believe. Um, I will say this. I think the opportunity, um, whatever we do, those board meetings shouldn't just be two board meetings. They should be distinctively different. Whether one is just a workshop meeting where you don't take any action, but you try to learn about a lot of things that maybe you're going to take action on at the next meeting or to receive updates or for the board to give updates. Um, it allows you to kind of establish that that's the flow of what you're going to try to get accomplished. And it's up to the board president um, working with Dr. Fulton to look at what's the right amount of that to do and what's the right timing for that. I know Dr. Fulton really wants to spend time in program evaluation to not only talk about something we're going to do, but follow back up on how effective it was. And I applaud him for that. And, but the other part of it is you got to pay the bills. And you, the processes that we go through to um, enter into contracts, to uh, pay our bills on a monthly basis, to, to um, handle all the HR kinds of things that we do, there's opportunities for that meeting to continue to look much like what we have right now. Um, so my thoughts are two meetings doesn't scare me. I've been there before. Again, I think it's, um, Brad, you talked about um, uh, one of the meetings you went when we went in San Antonio about efficiencies of meetings and trying to look at addressing those efficiencies. It might be a little easier if you were having two meetings a month um, to get out at a reasonable time um, because nobody makes a good decision. I think... Um, We've proven there have been certain bodies that when they have to make decisions around 11 o'clock at night, um, don't always make the best decisions in the world. And I don't think that's exclusive to other people. It would apply to us as well. So, Others, uh, especially the new board members that have had, what, good five meetings under your belt now? <laughs> Mrs. Owsley. Um, well, I think it really allows for the public to stay engaged with all the decisions we're making. Um, if we go, if we were to go to uh, two meetings that were shorter than the one long meeting, we lose. I mean, we've lost people tonight, and it's only seven o'clock. But as we as we get later into the evening, people tune out or fall asleep at home. And I know that they're engaged and interested in what it is that we're doing. And I think, you know, I feel like we have an obligation to make sure that we're accessible. And I think accessibility is more readily achieved if we're twice a month, both because you get to see us more frequently and people would have more opportunity to speak to us. Um, but two, if people watching us are able to be fresh as well, um, you know, watching other government bodies late into the evening as a, you know, personal thing, I, I too think that um, it's possible that bad decisions are made later on. Not that anyone here would make bad decisions based on tiredness when Terry has given us coffee, but so I will, I will throw my support. Um, I like the idea of the two board meetings a month. I think that it would be beneficial. I know um, one of the things that was raised in previous discussions also was that it allows for um, more readily approving contracts to be paid. Um, I'm not sure how that billing cycle works, but if there's 
things that come up so that you're, you're addressing that every two weeks as opposed to once a month. Thank you. Yes, Reverend Guy. Um, I agree with Mrs. Owsley, and I also think it might be especially important as Dr. Fulton begins to have two meetings a month with him because none of us will know him or know his work style, and he won't know us, and so I just feel like this will give us more opportunities to have that chance to work together um, to try to become that team of eight that he talked about um, and I agree, too, that we won't be as tired. Um, I know people have come and have even wanted to participate in the public comments, but they can't stay here till 9 o'clock or, or 8.30 even. They've got kids that need to put in bed. And so I think having two shorter meetings. Uh, one of the other things we had talked about in the retreat, but I don't see it reflected here, is we even talked about moving the start time up to 6 p.m. I don't know if that's still on the table or not. but What's your thought? I'm in favor of it if... If everybody is able to be here, um, again, I think that's just going to be easier on the constituents, on the patrons who come and want to participate, that they aren't stuck here late at night either. Um, it'd be wonderful if everybody was home by 8 p.m. On, on a school board night. If we started at 6 p.m., I think that that could happen and had two meetings a month. Um, so I'm in favor. I, I understand that preparing for school board meetings is a lot of work for the directors, but I know that some of them have young children at home too, and they would maybe like to get home and get their kids to bed and not have to come home at 10.30 or 11 p.m. at night, even even if it was just once a month. Uh, so I think especially for the first year when Dr. Fulton's here, that the two meetings a month might give us a good opportunity to really get to know him and to have the our patrons, have the community get to know him as he starts working with us in these board meetings as well. Um, so I would be in favor of two meetings a month, and I'd be in favor of starting them at 6 p.m. or 6.30 or whatever time seemed like a good time to start. Yes, Mrs. Mack. I'm in favor of the 6 p.m. start I, for the reasons you suggested. and Also, I think it would be easier on staff. Dr. Sinclair. Um, I, I'm also supportive of uh, two board meetings a month, um, and I, I would like to believe that as um, doc, when Dr. Fulton comes on board and this board engages in conversations about um, uh, revisiting the strategic plan of, of the board and how that aligns with the new uh, state requirements and the process embedded in the new accreditation process that also um, is um, parallels that strategic planning process. I would like to believe that it would lead to greater efficiency and effectiveness, um, having more frequent board meetings, um, perhaps I'm kind of getting ahead of myself or getting ahead of the conversation, but the idea of establishing some kind of advisory community committees that are engaged in the process so that as we all begin to refresh and, and review the strategic plan, what does that mean for our goals and priorities for the district? And then to me, all those pieces really fit together. So that I would like to believe that the work that would be required of district administrators would be in line with what we are, we are trying to accomplish as a board um, and as a, a team of eight, and that that work would just be part of a continuous improvement process. So um, in short, I, I support the idea of going to two board meetings a month, and I would like to believe it would actually lead to kind of a more effective and efficient way of running the district in the long run and in the big picture. Okay. Thank you. Other board member comments? This is very helpful, and uh, Mrs. Mack is feverishly taking notes over here, and uh, we'll be able to get these to Dr. Fulton to continue this conversation. I appreciate being able to add this to the meeting. Um, it is 7.14. I think that's a pretty good time to wrap up the meeting. And anything else? Yes, Mrs. Owsley, go ahead. I just want to make a quick closing comment um, with regards to the student walkouts. I just want to um, say, you know, I feel like I am so sorry for any of the students that felt like their First Amendment rights were chilled or that they were not given the opportunity to speak their mind and that I know that I and other members of the board fully support students' First Amendment rights and we want to make sure that our kids have the opportunity to speak on the things that are important to them no matter what they are. Um, and I'm really thankful that Dr. Southwick is taking it as seriously as he is and that he's doing his investigation and getting his information and taking his time to get it right. Um, 
And I'm so proud of the kids, all of the kids um, who have stood up for themselves and who, you know, spoken up and, and said what they needed to say, and no matter what the issue was. And um, I'm just, I'm also wanting to say that I'm pleased that about a year and a half ago, this district was facing issues with regards to whether or not people could wear safety pins. And I think that there's been a tremendous amount of growth in the last year and a half that now we have, you know, all of our high schools and middle schools participating um, in a demonstration that involves this much um, collaboration and effort on their part and from the administration. And I look forward to having the opportunity to continue to improve and get it right in the future. So I just wanted to have an opportunity to say that and so for people to hear it. Um, I know I'm just one member of the board, but you know I'm, I'm, I'm proud of our kids and I'm proud of the growth that we've seen in the last year and a half. So that's all. all right. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you. With that, we are adjourned. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for taking those notes. Mm -hmm. Let me type them up and send them to you.